0: Amen. Would you please take your Bibles and turn to the book of Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. On behalf of my wife and I, we want to thank each and every one of you for your prayers and for your support during this time. Uh, We are sad to leave um, this church and all that God has done. We, we, We think of all of the things that God has done in our hearts under this tent and in this place. We want to thank Pastor Moreland publicly. Uh, Pastor Moreland has invested in us more than anyone would ever know. He has taken time to train us and to pray with us and to help us. And really, we want to go to New York with the things that have been placed in our hearts here. With all that God has done here, we want to take that spirit and, and, and carry on with the work that God has given us. So would you please continue to pray for us, and we love you all, and we are going to miss you all extremely, and uh, we look forward to coming back and hopefully visiting very soon. Uh, I wrestled for a while on what to say if this is my last opportunity, perhaps, to, to bring the Word of God to you this evening, and the Lord has clearly brought me to this passage in Philippians chapter 4, and let's begin reading in verse 5. Philippians chapter four, starting in verse five, the apostle Paul writes, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. May the Lord bless his word. This evening, I want to draw your attention to a little phrase that we find in verse 7. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you please mark this phrase? And the peace of God. The peace of God. In John chapter 16, verse 33, the Lord Jesus Christ said, These things have I spoken unto you that in me Ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The Lord Jesus Christ clearly showed us in his word that in this life we will go through trials. We will have tribulation. There will be seasons of difficulties and times of storms. But in the midst of those storms, in the midst of the tribulation, our Savior in heaven offers us peace. Peace in the storms. Peace in trials. The, the, the apostle Paul writing to the church in Philippi said, be careful for nothing. In other words, what, what Paul was saying is do not be anxious. That is what this phrase be, be careful for nothing means. Do not worry for anything. Do not be anxious for anything. It's interesting, our English word for worry derives from a German word which means to strangle. And so many of God's people are living with, so, with such worry, such care, and such anxiety, and it seems as if they forfeit the peace of God. But tonight, I want to say, That God offers us peace in the midst of the storm. In the Psalms, in Psalm 46, the psalmist wrote here, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear. Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. And look with me in verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he had made in the earth. And in verse 10, the psalmist said, be still. This is the peace that the word of God is speaking of. Even though the mountains be removed, even though the earth shakes, be still, verse 10 tells us. There is a stillness that God gives us. So often, we're living in a day and age where it seems that fear is rampant. So many of God's people are wondering, what if there's another sickness? What is the government going to do? What is going to happen next? We we believe all of these things that we hear. I tell you the truth. If you turn on BBC, if you turn on the radio or watch the news, you will be so troubled. But Christ offers us. This supernatural peace, this rest, the the word of God tells us about this peace in the book of Philippians, that it is a peace that passes all understanding. But the question here tonight is how do we get this peace? How do we live every day in stillness and in quietness before the Lord, even though the mountains are shaking, even though the waters roar, even though we find ourselves in in the midst of trouble? How do we get this peace? The Apostle Paul tells us here in verse 6. Notice with me, the first thing I want to show you is that if we are ever going to experience the peace of God, and by the way, it is a, a peace that we can have every day. In verse 6, he says, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. All of the fear, all of the worry, all of the anxiety, he's literally saying, stop the worrying, stop the fear. In Matthew chapter 6, the Lord Jesus said a similar thing. He said, take no thought for your life. Dearly beloved, if we are ever going to experience the peace of God, day by day we must be those that take our fear and take our worry and simply cast it at the feet of Jesus. He tells us here that if we are going to have the peace of God, he, he tells us very clearly in verse 6, but in everything. Would you notice that in your Bibles in verse 6? Instead of being careful for many things, and instead of living with such worry and such fear, he says, but in everything by prayer and supplication. By prayer and supplication. The things we neglect to pray about are the things that we are trusting ourselves to do. And I can submit to you this evening that Christ desires for us to pray about everything, In the book of one Peter, he writes to cast all of our care upon him, for he careth for us. The burdens that we carry and the burdens that we, that, that we carry on a day to day basis, the apostle was telling us to take them and literally cast them, give them all by prayer. To the Lord Jesus Christ. And so often we forfeit this. The the songwriter said it this way. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. So often we're walking around with all of these burdens. All of these troublesome thoughts. That could be alleviated. That could be removed all if we take it and we bring it to God in prayer. So many promises that the word of God tells us concerning this holy act of prayer. In 1 John chapter 5 verse 14, the Bible tells us, and this is the confidence that we have in him. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us and he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? The Lord has promised us that through Jesus Christ, we have access to the throne of grace whereby we may obtain grace to help in time of Need As the children of God, we have not received the spirit of fear again to bondage. But we, as the children of God, have received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That term, Abba, Father, is, is a term of endearment. In other words, when we come before the throne of grace, we can come boldly to our Father. But we realize that we come to a Father. The father that knows us, he knows our cares, he knows our needs. And in Matthew chapter 5 and 6, the Lord said that the father know what things you have need of before you even ask, for he has even the very hairs of your head number. And I submit that this mighty God, who is our God, beckons us to come and to cast all of our care upon him realizing that there is nothing too hard for our God to do in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 the Bible says now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us in Jeremiah chapter 32 the Lord asked this amazing question he said behold I am the Lord the God of all flesh is there anything too hard for me? Your burdens and your trials, your pains, those things that cause you to worry and those things that drag you down with fear. The Lord says, is there anything too hard for me? This same God calls us to take everything by prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known unto God. If we are going to be a people that experience the peace of God, we must be a people that know what it means to experience the presence of God. If we are ever going to be a people that know what it means to have the joy of Christ, even in the midst of our storms and our trials and in the tribulations that even Christ told us would come, we must be those that bring everything to him in prayer. Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 26 says, for the Lord shall be thy confidence. And we can confidently come before the throne of grace because of what Christ has done upon the cross of Calvary. Not only are we able to have the peace of God when we're careful for nothing. Not only are we able to have the peace of God when we bring everything to God in prayer. But notice what the Apostle Paul tells the church in Philippi in verse 8. He says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, would you underline this in your Bible? Think on these things. Think on these things. This battle of peace is in our minds. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, verse three, the word of God says, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, on thee, because he trusteth in thee. If we are ever going to have the peace of God, we must be those who keep our minds Upon the Lord, the apostle Paul gave a list of things because there are so many things in this world that are that are demanding our attention. And we find ourselves anxious. We find ourselves fearful. We find ourselves confused when we think of all of these things, but we neglect to think of Christ. I had someone call me and said, I'm I'm having some trouble in my mind. I'm I'm becoming a, a, a little bit anxious. What what should I do? And I said, friend, what, think of the Lord. He said, what, what exactly should I think about? I said, well, do you remember that day that Jesus Christ saved your soul? How he delivered you from bondage? Think about that. Think of his word. Do you remember that time when the Lord took his children out of bondage in Egypt? How when he brought, him, uh, when he brought them to the to the sea and parted the sea. Do you remember that time when Jesus Christ, our Savior, took the few loaves of fishes and and of bread and, and, and multiplied it and gave it to the multitudes? Do you remember that time when Jesus Christ stood before Pontius Pilate and he was silent in his great humility? Look, if we are ever going to have peace, we must be those that keep our minds upon the word of God. We cannot have peace apart from God's holy word. So in the book of Isaiah chapter 26, he says, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. I ask you tonight, is your mind stayed upon his word? Is your mind stayed upon Christ? A good indication on whether or not our minds are stayed upon the Lord is simple. What do we talk about? When we get together, is it that we're talking about the virus? Are we talking about what's happening in this world? Or are we talking about Jesus, our savior? Do we talk of the beauty of Christ? Do we talk of the work of Christ? Do we talk of the goodness of God? I tell you, if we are ever going to have peace, it comes by keeping our minds upon Christ. In the book of 2 Corinthians, the word of God instructs us, Corinthians chapter 10, that this that this battle for peace, this battle is in our minds. Notice with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. The Bible says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. See, he declares it, the weapons of our warfare. As children of God, we are engaged in this warfare. But what kind of warfare? And notice in verse 5, Casting down imaginations, your mind, and casting down everything that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, your mind, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's why the scriptures tells us that we must keep our hearts with all diligence. We must guard our minds, what we read, what we think about. the, the, The people that we speak to, our minds is where the battle is being taken place. And I submit to you tonight that if we are ever going to have peace, it comes by thinking on the things of God and allowing our minds to stay there. Notice with me in verse 7. He says, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus and in verse 9, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. We can have the peace of God when we realize that the God that we read of in, in, in the scriptures, this God to the children, to his children, he has promised to be with us. I believe it was Robert Murray McShane who said, I would not fear a thousand enemies if I was able to hear Christ praying in the next room. But the, difference makes, the distance makes no difference. Christ is praying for me. And we know what, what promise Jesus made to his people. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And back to that psalm that we looked at earlier in Psalm 46 in verse 7, it clearly says, the Lord of hosts is with us. In verse 11 of Psalm 46, the Lord of hosts is with us. That is why he is able to say, therefore will not we fear when we truly see and understand that the Lord of hosts is with us. So I ask you this evening, do you live with fear and anxiety? Do you live each day worried about the circumstances and worried about what's possibly going to come next? I'm here to tell you this. The word of God tells us that the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Really, this matter of the peace of God is really the essence of the gospel. Think about this. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. The enemies of God alienated from God, but through Jesus Christ, the word of God tells us in Colossians chapter one, verse 20, that he, speaking of Christ, having made peace through the blood of Christ of his cross, through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. Look, if you're here tonight and you don't know peace, you don't know Christ, you can have this forgiveness of sins. You can have peace in your heart and your soul, and it comes through the blood of Jesus. In Romans chapter five, verse one, the Bible says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This matter of peace is really the essence of the gospel because of Christ, we can have peace with God. If it had not been for Christ, what business would we have with the Father? If it had not been for Christ, we would all be condemned. We would all take the wrath of God. But we have been made heirs. We have been accepted in the beloved. We have now become children by the blood of Jesus Christ. One to one day stand before his presence to be made like him and to be with him for all of eternity. You see, what Christ has done upon the cross of Calvary is he has made peace with the Father for us. There is the peace of God and there is peace with God. As the children of God, we can have the peace of God and the peace with God. We can know that our sins are forgiven and we do not need to fear the Father, but now we can come boldly into His presence. As the children of God, we do not have to fear death, but we realize that death is just a porter, portal into the, the, into everlasting life with Christ. As because Christ has made peace with the Father for us, we now have access into his presence. Because we have been made at peace with the Father through Jesus Christ, we can lift our hands and say, Abba, Father. The greatest thing we can have is peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're here tonight, and you don't know this piece. If you're here tonight and your life has never been changed by the power of the gospel, if you would repent of your sins and believe on Jesus Christ, you can be saved. I find it fascinating that while Jesus Christ was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible tells us that the soldiers came to arrest him, Judas being with them. Scriptures say, And Christ, knowing all things which shall come to pass, it was Jesus that went up to them and said, Whom seek ye? The Lord Jesus Christ, being God, knew the wrath of God and he took it and he drank the entirety of the cup of the wrath of God. So that for us as the children of God, there is nothing left for us to drink. When we think how God in heaven, who created all men, allowed sinful men to take nails and to put it through his hands and nails and to put it through his feet, a spear in his side, a crown of thorns upon his head to be mocked and humiliated upon the cross. Why did Jesus do that? So that we can be at peace with God. We can have the peace of God through Jesus Christ. And while we are living here on this world, while we are pilgrims and sojourners on this foreign land, we can have peace in every circumstance. It it may be sickness. It may be financial difficulty. It may be turmoil at home. Whatever the case may be, the Lord Jesus says, my peace I give unto thee. That we can stand before him And be still. So I ask you tonight, do you know the peace of God? Spurgeon said it this way. To enjoy peace, our unbelieving thoughts must be stilled. And we must learn that the Lord reigns. If we're going to have peace, we must know. As Psalm 115 says, But our God is in the heavens And he hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Our God in heaven, he is not on the balcony of heaven, wringing his hands. He is not wondering what is happening. Our God sitteth in the heavens and he reigns. He is in full control. He is the all-powerful, sovereign God. Nothing just happens. God allows these things to happen, showing us that the God that we serve is in full control. Therefore, we can be at peace. I Spurgeon who said it again. He said, he that counts the stars in the sky and counts each and every one of them, and knows each and every one by name. He knows each and every star by name. He forgetteth not his own children. If he is able to know every star in the sky, every one that he has created, he will not forget his own. He knows your case as thoroughly as though you are the only creature that is that he has ever created, or as though you are the only child That he has ever loved dearly beloved may we have the peace of Jesus Christ may we leave here at peace knowing that Jesus Christ as one testified of him he doeth all things well we may not be able to understand why things happen and the way that it happens but God is too good to be unkind And God is too wise to be mistaken. And when you cannot trace his hand, you must trust his heart. When you cannot understand why God allows all that he allows, when you cannot understand what he is doing in the background, you can still be at peace. Because our God is in the heavens, and he hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. In closing, I would like to say that when Paul wrote the book of Philippians to the church in Philippi that he started. He wrote this book of joy, this book of joy, this book of peace, this book of contentment while he was in prison, I'd like to add, because his circumstances did not dictate whether or not he would have joy. His circumstances did not dictate whether or not he would have peace. And dearly beloved, our circumstances should not dictate whether or not we are joyful because if you are here tonight and you have been saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and you have a home in heaven, you have forgiveness of sins, you should be the most joyful person here. We, as the children of God, have a reason and a right to sing. The Bible tells us that everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. Sometimes we have to take our eyes off of our circumstances. We have to take our eyes off of this world and we have to realize I have a home of Christ. For all of eternity, I will behold the beauty of Christ. I will only be passing through this world for a few days. And one day the Lord will call me up where I shall behold His beauty forever. When you get your eyes off of this world, when you get your eyes off of the things that you can see, and when you place your eyes upon Christ, And you see, for all of eternity, we will be with him. For all of eternity, we will commune with him. One day he is coming to receive his own. And I say, dearly beloved, he brings to us peace. May there not be an ounce of trouble under this tent tonight. May there not be an ounce of worry or anxiety under this tent tonight. Why? Because our glorious Savior in heaven offers us peace. Tonight, may the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep all of our hearts and all of our minds through Christ Jesus. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we do thank thee that through Jesus we can have this peace, that through Christ and his blood he bids our anxious souls calm, our worried souls to be still. I pray, Father, that thou would forgive us for so often as we worry, as we allow the cares of this world to so trouble us, For there is a light at the look of the Savior. I pray that each and every one tonight would look to Jesus, would keep their eyes upon him. I think of the words of David the psalmist who said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Oh God, that this would be our testimony. That we would lift up our eyes unto the hills to see Christ and Christ alone that we would bring everything to Thee in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, that we would think upon the things of Christ, and that we would take much refuge and comfort knowing that the Lord of hosts is with us. I thank Thee, O oh God, for these people, Thy people, and those that are watching via livestream. I pray, Father, that each one tonight would know Thy peace, would know Thy comfort, would know the stillness that Thou would give if we would simply come and receive. And we pray, O God, that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit of God be with us now and even forevermore. For we ask these things in Jesus' name and for His sake.